everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. Today, our conversation is with Trevis Jansen. Trevis is the nutrition coach at Thrivology. She's been either a client of mine or a nutrition coach or a fitness coach at Thrivology for over a decade now. So I've known her for a long time personally and she's either been a part of or contributing to our pack for many, many years. I'm sure many of our members can attest to her abilities to help them recognize the changes that they need to make in order to move forward in their health and fitness journey. Uh, today, we talk about Trevis's journey a lot. Uh, it is in the context of how she got to where she is today. Uh, the journey that she made in the beginning, how she changed her mind, how nutrition, calories, and all that good stuff played a part in it, and how her mindset around that shifted and has shifted over the course of the 15 years that she has been on her own journey. So um, it's a great conversation. She is a bundle of knowledge. Sadly, we don't get into as much of her knowledge base as I would have liked to, so we'll definitely have her back on, I'm sure, multiple times. But her story in and of itself is very inspiring, and you can get a lot of good uh, nuggets, strategies, ideas, what to do, what not to do if you are on your own weight loss journey or just fitness journey in general uh, from her story. So enjoy this conversation with Trevis Jansen. This is our nutrition coach, Trevis Jansen. Trevis has been around thrive for some uh, past a decade now right. I think mm -hmm. before it either was. as a client of mine one of the first 10 I, I would imagine guinea pigs yeah <laughs> hey someone's got to be tested on <laughs> right. someone's got to be tested you're still upright yeah you didn't kill me so it's all good <laughs> your husband's another one he's still yeah. upright he's still upright yeah all right um, and then that went into nutrition coach, which eventually morphed into fitness coach as well. Mm -hmm. And now you're fitting both of those roles really well and uh, mostly emphasizing nutrition coach. Mm -hmm. So how's that journey been? Tell me about it. It's been awesome. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, yeah, so my backstory, <clears throat> you know, I've gone through my health journey and uh, I realized that my former prior to you, um, personal trainer, knew only one facet of nutrition. Nutrition overall is confusing, and being an, a nurse, I had a basic understanding of it, but um, I figured out when I lost my weight that he wasn't going to be able to help me maintain that, and that was my biggest fear because I wasn't going to go back. So. That's where I just began to just read and look and, and research, and it was kind of became a hobby of mine. You remember how you used to always <laughs> talk about every magazine I bought, but that's yeah. how I kind of You grew. were a hoarder of magazines. <laughs> I was a reader of magazines and yeah. articles Learned and all of that, and that kind of um, gave me the confidence that you know I had to figure it out for myself. So, um, and nutrition coaching back then, I don't even know that there was any true nutrition mm. coaching per se. So I feel like, you know, that was the hardest part of changing um, your life was to figure out how to be able to sustainably eat 
and maintain your the goal that you had achieved. So I had to figure it out, and that kind of led me down that pathway. Um, I had a lot of people come to me after a few years, and they're like, "Can you help me? What did you do?" And you know, you gave it out for free, and you want to help people. And then I think it was you that kind of said, "You ought to get certified." I didn't even know there was a certification in nutrition, mm -hmm. but I think you were the one who kind of um, said that to me, and then that started down that path. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I know we had had probably a number of conversations about mm -hmm. the idea mm -hmm. and because you had your nursing background and because you had made the changes that you'd made, which we're going to talk a little more in depth about, but, okay. um, because of that, it just seemed to make sense and yet here we are. Right. Um, so where did you start? And my change? Tell, tell me your story. Oh, my story. So, okay. So I was, I, uh, fortunately, I think what has helped me cement this is I saw the obesity epidemic occurring before my eyes as a nurse. I mean, when I got into nursing back many years ago, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of diabetes. There wasn't a, you know, a lot of heavier people. And I, I saw that happen. So I very much knew what lied ahead mm. if I didn't, and nobody intentionally... For yourself. Yes, nobody mm -hmm. intentionally does this to themselves, mm -hmm. but um, I think we just kind of wake up and we find that, you know, I'm 10 pounds overweight, I'm 20 pounds overweight, and, you know, you don't know how to get started. So by seeing that and knowing the health implications, taking care of people who were there ahead of me in that journey, kind of like woke me up and I'm like, I, you know, I need to do something. I was 44 years old and I knew that, you know, hypertension was coming on because I could feel the physical changes of that. And I had diabetes in my family and I saw what devastation diabetes can do to people who have it and wind up losing limbs or whatever. So at that point, I was just like, I got to do something. So, and not knowing, it's like, where do you start? Because, mm -hmm. you know, I played sports when I was in school, but back then it wasn't that big of a deal for us women mm. or girls. Mm -hmm. It was more a boys thing, but I was very active. And then, um, you know, you get to be an adult and you have kids and you have a job and you've got all these demands. So you kind of... Um, well, and ironically, you were in a field that was active. Yeah. You were in an well, active yeah. field, so you were probably so, more active than a lot. Right, of and you're thinking, you know, I walk 12-hour shifts, I'm lifting people, I'm taking care of people. You do think you're, and you are physically active, but that, it's not enough to overtake what you do when you're off, outside, and sitting, and not moving, and, you know, because you are so physically tired, then all you want to do is sit on your days off, and then... The whole other piece about nutrition on the other side of that um, plays a, a huge role into that. So, you know, I knew I had to do something and it was what, what that thing was. I had to figure out. Uh, well, so before we get into what you ended up doing, mm -hmm. how much weight did you end up losing? So I lost... What was your highest to lowest? My highest weight? You're going to make me say No, you don't that. have to say the highest weight. <laughs> What's the difference between your highest weight and your lowest weight? Uh, so, 100 pounds. 100 pounds. And that was over probably, mm, I would say, a year, a little bit it over a year. It was, it was fast. 
um, that I felt like it was do or die time because I felt like if I kind of felt like this was my last attempt to do this because I just I just felt like it was I had to do it I had to figure that out so so a hundred pounds in a year that's fast yeah it, it is fast and that's fast and um, it in the big now that I know more then you know I am extremely lucky that I have been able to keep that off because that's a very rapid weight loss um, and I you know I'm grateful that and I think because I had that drive to learn and keep it off that I've been able to maintain that so yeah all right how'd you do it how did I do how it? how did you lose a hundred pounds all right so yeah, and it doesn't it can be as broad as you want it to be or as specific as you want it to be how did how did you do it so I believe that the one key thing that I had never, okay, so let's start back. That wasn't my first rodeo at trying to lose mm -hmm. weight. So, you know, there's a variety of, you know, mechanisms and exercise that you could do. And I had dabbled in some of those. And yes, you can get some results, but what happens so that you can keep those results? So and keep moving and keep, keep moving. moving forward. So you know the the thing that the first thing that I realized was I had never strength trained before in my life. Never lifted weights. You know, done jazzercise or walking or you know that kind of stuff, but never like lifted. And when I say weight, I'm talking iron. I'm talking <laughs> weights. I'm not talking little things. So um, you know that was pretty cool because you know I was a nervous wreck about it, but I just jumped in and I had this mentality that you know. You've got nothing to lose but the weight, so get in there, hire, hire someone who has the knowledge that can assist you to get started so that you don't hurt yourself or whatever, so that you have to stop because of that. But, you know, I hired a, I hired a trainer or coach, and I started to lift weights, and, you know, it was fun, <laughs> I would say, at first, but then, it, you know, trying to work through that process of learning how to do it and understanding why you're, you're sore and understanding that process kind of connected in my head. So that I think was key. The type of exercise that I chose to do is key. And now that I'm where I am, I understand that why that's so key. Resistance training or weightlifting matters as far as metabolism and what your your body's doing on the inside and then the other thing was I'll say I cleaned up my diet so you know I'm not gonna lie it was the guy was very restrictive um, but you know he just kind of said eat eat a fist sized portion of chicken a fist sized portion portion of broccoli rice whatever but he had no thought process about how hard that was for people to do in their life um, well, but I think this is an important point, point, and I think it's worth, like, figuring out what that might have been because once you got to the end of that journey, that journey, and then started the next journey, mm -hmm. which was, in my mind, I think, becoming healthy. Mm -hmm. I think they're different things. Definitely. And I mm -hmm. feel like you would agree. Mm -hmm. So, since you said definitely. <laughs> so, um, when you say restrictive, what mm -hmm. do you mean? What do I mean? Meaning that... Restrictive you, of what? Be that, specific. Okay, that you have to stay on point with your diet seven days out of the week, 24 hours out of the day. Mm -hmm. If you go 
out to eat, mm -hmm. you can't, you can't, and I won't say enjoy, but you, you feel like, I mean, it created anxiety as to what am I going to have here because I'm not preparing the food. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, you can't go to parties, you can't go to restaurants, you can't do all this. So you can't be a hermit and live in your house mm -hmm. um, because it made you feel like you had to have total control over everything in your life, everything that you put in your mouth. And that's a really bad place to be. And I think that that's where it can lead to eating disorders. And I believe that that's where most people think it needs to be, mm -hmm. which is why I believe, again, most people end up, I don't like the word failing, but like falling off. Oh, sure. sure. End up quitting a... Sure a diet end up quitting their journey because they go, well, I can't do this forever because I don't want to have to restrict this forever. Right. Right. Um, so what did that, like, how restricted was it as far as like from a daily consumption standpoint, what do you feel like that intake was? How long did you have to do it? Like, was it, did you adjust it up as you down as you lost weight or did you adjust it up or like what did that look like over the course of that year as you lost weight so uh, you know it was you know we got to eat every four hours so i became a clock eater <laughs> because literally i used to tell my co-workers oh yeah more anxiety and my co-workers would start about two hours after i had eaten they would start hearing these noises loud growling noises and I said, oh, it's my alien coming to life. Because <laughs> it's exactly what it felt like. And, you know, just sitting there and suffering through that. And then looking at the clock, it's time to eat again. But I don't, and you look at your plate and you're like, oh, I only have this much food that I can eat. And then just living that every single day um, really makes that very difficult and very restrictive. So, um, you know, there was only a limited source of food that you could have oatmeal, you could have protein powder, you could have these nasty protein bars that were god awful, um, and no salad dressing. You know, you, you wanted you to eat salads, but you couldn't put dressing on. You could put you know, red wine vinegar, but that was it. And we all know that's, you know, kind of tart tasting. And um, just like potatoes, no rice, just potatoes, just white potatoes, small white potatoes, no fruit, no fruit at all. Um, you weren't allowed to have. So you imagine, how can you live in that realm where, I remember somebody that trained with me said, can we have shrimp? And he goes, what's that? And I was like, wow. <laughs> Your whole life you've eaten steak and chicken and nothing else. But anyway, that's where it was kind of like, I can't live here. I can't live here, and I knew that. And my husband was a good example. He probably lasted four months eating like that. And he's like, I'm done. I'm out because I can't. This is no fun, and this doesn't feel good. So, um, If you had to guess, how many calories a day did you eat? Well, If you had to guess. If I had to guess, mm -hmm. and I look back. A range. I would say definitely. When you started. When I maybe. started? Oh, I would say definitely maybe a thousand calories a day mm. maybe maybe if it was that and then as you lost weight and when you plateaued how would you adjust well, up or down to be honest i have to be honest with you i plateaued one time mm -hmm. early on and um it was funny he he was like you've cheated 
And I'm like, I no, I haven't. I have been doing exactly, because I knew I'd been eating exactly what he told me to eat. And he goes, no, you had to cheat. And I was like, you know, the nurse in me is thinking back. I'm like, okay, look back, what, you know. And I go, well, maybe it was the salt that I was putting on the tomatoes I was eating. And he goes, tomatoes? You're eating tomatoes? And I'm like, yeah, with lunch. That was like, in my mind, I won't name the people, but that was a free food. So I was looking like at lunchtime, I would be like, oh, I need something else because I'm so hungry. So I, and it was summer and I'd have tomatoes and for lunch and then a tomato for dinner. And he's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, at that point, you're like, why can't mm -hmm. I do that? It's a tomato. It's healthy. It's not like I'm eating a candy bar. Um, but, you know, I gave them up and my weight started losing. I started losing weight again. And honestly, it didn't get really, really hard until I got almost to my goal. And he had warned me. He said, when you're about 10 pounds out, he said, you're not going to be able to chew gum. You will drink only water. You can't have butter, you know, nothing. And I was like, these last 10 pounds are going to be super difficult. And I can remember, like, I would train at night, and it would be on Monday nights. I would literally dehydrate myself mm. all day and wouldn't eat all day so when because you weigh my weigh-in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was hard. That was very hard. Yeah, you, so you are what I like to call... An outlier, <laughs> and I agree. <laughs> and you most definitely are. Right. But someone hears a story like yours, and they go, someone who feels like they have over 40 pounds to mm -hmm. lose, and they hear a story like that, and they go, what? Well, that's great. That's what I need to do, sounds like. Mm. That's exactly what mm. I need to do. A thousand calories. Right. Work out hard. Mm -hmm. Right. Restrict myself. Mm-hmm. And it is that mindset that leads to, most of the time, falling off the wagon, sure. if you will. Oh, big deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, because this is where you becoming an outlier is a big deal, mm -hmm. and understanding what an outlier is is important. An outlier is simply somebody who is not the norm. Like, there's the majority, which is usually about 80 90%, and then there's the outliers, which are about 10 to 20%. In this instance, an outlier is somebody who has lost a lot of weight and keeps it off. So, biggest loser. Right. The majority of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, the world sees how, many, how much weight they end up losing. Right. And then they end up putting it all right back on and usually, mm -hmm. usually more. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's, that's the, now looking back, I'm like, I am super lucky that I got out of that realm without an eating disorder. Because I think that I look back now and I had signs of, you know, I judged every single thing I put in my mouth. Like somebody asked me, I, we were going out for my birthday to celebrate my birthday. And um, this was after I had met you. And they're like, what are you going to have for your cheat meal? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know. We're our favorite restaurant and I'm going to have shrimp and scallops and green beans and water and they're like, that's it? And I'm like, yeah, because that to me was cheating off of what I normally ate. And they go, when's the last time you had pizza or a real cheat meal? And I, you know, I thought about it and I'm like, probably nine months ago. 
And then that was kind of like in my mind, those were moments where you go, oh, wow, that's not, that's not healthy. So, you know, and, and understanding that and then realizing, okay, how can I, so when I got through my journey and I felt better, I had more energy, all I was like is like, how can I, people don't know how bad they feel, how unhealthy they feel, how can I get people to know what this feels like? Because that's very motivating. And, and that's probably what kept me going because I could feel the difference physically, energy-wise. My feet didn't hurt anymore being a nurse and standing for, you know, doing procedures all day. So it's like, how do I, they can't do it like I did it because it was not a good place to be. But it was like, how can I, from learning that, make this easier? And what were the key points that I did that I could help expand out on? So I think a lot of things were habits that I unknowingly put in place, but the habits that I created during that process car carried forward. And that became very just easy and automatic to what you do. So trying to figure out how to put that into a practice that helps people get there, get to the goal that they're trying to get to. And I have to, I have to say, Jerry, I remember, I remember, um, I used this recently in Project Recharge. I remember you invited my husband and I and Kate, we were all going to go out for pizza and you don't know how scared <laughs> that made me feel because I had not eaten pizza. I did it one time on Thanksgiving when everybody else had turkey. All I wanted was a pizza and then it wasn't you know, I tried to make it a healthy pizza, so it wasn't like a, a normal pizza, but it just didn't fit that. I maybe ate a piece, and I was like, oh, mm -hmm. that's not good. But when you did that, and you, I, I was like, I was terrified because I'm like, I've never ate pizza. I've never gone out to a restaurant to have pizza. So I have to commend you because you're, you're the one that kind of brought that front and center that I'm like, I was like, okay, you know. I got to do this. I can't live in my house 24-7. And, um, you know, you were like, it's okay. You know, it's, you'll be fine. And I was like, I was so afraid that that was going to be that black hole that I fell down that would take me off my success track, let's say. But it was all right. And by doing that, and you know, I felt like, okay, I, it's a little battle and a little hurdle each time when you've done those types of things. So... I have to thank you for that. You brought pizza back into my life. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. I would hate for you to have been deprived of pizza oh, for much longer. Yeah, because that is my one. Yeah, that's my baby. Mm. I have to say that. Okay, so we know that you started at a weight and you ended up losing 100 pounds. We know that your diet was restrictive mm -hmm. to the point that you felt like you couldn't go out at least be a normal human being and go out. You probably ate before you went out or mm -hmm. brought food with you or mm -hmm. whatever that looked like. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, we know that you had success in weight loss. So where was the point where you thought or started to think, maybe this isn't taking me where I want to go, where you went, 
I, I have lost 100 pounds, mm-hmm. but I still don't feel like I'm healthy yet. Mm-hmm. I still don't feel like I'm there. I still don't feel like I am this robust person. Mm-hmm. And I think when I say that, I'm sure that your, your journey, everyone's journey changes. No matter who you are, no matter where you are. Like when you want to lose weight, you want to lose weight. Eventually that changes. But I think in the beginning, you still have this idea of what you're going to, you said you, you had more energy, you said you felt better, you said your feet didn't hurt. That was an interesting. <laughs> well, you have to, <laughs> I mean, I get it. You I, talk to any nurse, they'll tell you your feet hurt when you stand all day. <laughs> but, um, so you felt, you definitely felt better, but there was still, it seems like there was mm-hmm. still something missing. Missing. Yeah. So when did that transition start to happen? Like, what was that? What did that look like? I think it was after I had um, met you at Body Dynamics. So I basically lived that lifestyle. Don't, you know, ask me why, but I'm going to say probably four years of living like that, you know, being obsessive about food, not living, you know, the life that I had lived before. And, you know, the one thing that I never quit was, you know, I was very consistent with my exercise. You know, I only missed if I was on vacation and then I picked it right back up. And I will have to say that was the easy, that to me, that was the easy part. But then, you know, I was, you know, told you have to do cardio fasted in the morning, get on the bike and ride hard for 15 minutes and do that every day. And it just got to feel very laborious or I don't even know if that's a word, but it it was exhausting. (laughs) It truly was. And, um, I think the light that went on was when my husband's friend in Ohio, now I worked in over where my husband grew up. So someone, contacted him and said, is Jerry's wife sick? Is there something wrong with her? He called my husband and he said, Jerry, has Travis got cancer or something? And Jerry's like, no, what? What are you talking about? And um, Jerry told me this and I'm like, really? So I look, you know, it's kind of looking in the mirror and I'm like, he, my coach was telling me, you need to lean down, lean down, keep keep working, you know, you've held this weight for four years, but you need to lean down some more. So I think at that point I was like, I don't know, maybe I don't look as good as I think I look if people think that I am sick. So I think that's when I had asked you, of course, in my head, I'm like, you got to, you need another strength training session. You got to work out harder. Mm -hmm. And I came to you because at that point I was going to the local gym and still driving over in Ohio to do my strength training. And I asked you, I don't even know if you remember this, but I said, can you write me a, a strength program so I can work out here one day a week? And you were like, you said, and this was music to my ears. You said, you don't need to do that. You need to eat food. You need to eat more. You were the first person who told me that I needed to eat more because I was so, I had been told for four years, eat less, eat Mm -hmm. less, eat less. And you were the one that said, no, you need to eat more. And I was like, oh, I need to eat more. But then it's like, oh, that Mm -hmm. goes against the success that I had from eating less. 
So mentally trying to wrap your head around someone who's telling you to eat more, the other person's telling you to eat less, and I still, I wasn't, I still wasn't where I felt like I needed to be in my head that I needed to be, but clearly I was in some space that people were thinking that I was sick. Mm -hmm. Unhealthy. That I was unhealthy, mm -hmm. yeah. So how do you wrap your head around that Start and to. then switch back the other way and not let that become, because that, that monster hides behind every corner. I know you probably remember me saying that. It's right there. That person is right there. Mm -hmm. And how do you make that 180 mm -hmm. switch in your mind? Right. Well, so we always, not always, but we sometimes kid about how the 100-pound heavier girl mm -hmm. still creeps up, mm -hmm. like, is in the, definitely inside of you, yes. in your mind. Yes. Oh, she's, yeah, definitely. she's in there. Mm -hmm. Because even still to today, <laughs> no. I'll go, Trevis. Dude, chill out. Like, it's going right, to be okay. Right, right. Yeah. And we just had, I think, some conversation. Yeah, last just week. a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know what. We what were yeah, about. I don't know, but. I don't remember like, what it was. Still, she's still in there. And it wasn't even like, oh, I was telling you, like, we were talking about putting on muscle, and I said, mm -hmm. you maybe you should start eating more or mm -hmm. whatever it was. And you're like, well, you do yeah, that every I once in a while. You're like, how many carbs do you eat in a day? Mm. And I'm like, mmm. Yeah. <laughs> At yeah. any rate, it's certainly. Not to the extent that, that no. you were at the time. No. So, but it is definitely is always there, which I think is probably a. It's worth staying there to an extent. Mm -hmm. You have definitely. to remember where you came from. Yeah, yeah and that's important. Definitely. That's important mm -hmm. to overlook. That is would be ridiculous mm -hmm. to try and ignore that. So, um, so someone thought that you were sickly looking mm -hmm. and so you started to make a change somewhere in my mind some sort of thought came out that you need to eat more i don't know why the younger version of me was any kind of knowledge I was rail to even thin. know that. I, was rail thin. I i have both those girls in my phone so <laughs> i see that and mm -hmm. i yeah so i was skinny and here's some skinny person saying, I need to work out more. Can you write me? And, mm -hmm. you know, as a trainer, you you bypass the money factor of mm -hmm. that. I was going to pay you mm -hmm. to tell me, you don't need to work out more. You need to eat more. <laughs> so. Um, so what did you start to change at that point? So what I started with, you know, it's hard for me to remember, but I, I think that I just kind of started testing mm -hmm. and kept my exercise up and I never, like I knew I couldn't go back to eating the foods that I ate before. Cause number one, it was, you know, the foods were completely different. It's like, and I knew I couldn't go back there, but it was like, okay, you know, I'll test this and see what happens. And then the more you test that, so the more that, you know, like I was super carb restrictive back then. Um, basically, you know, I, I can't even, imagine how restrictive I was, but it was like, okay, just make them, you know, better carbohydrates. Don't go back to eating French fries, but you know, you can have a baked potato, you know, a couple times a week. It's okay to do that. And then when you see that scale not start to creep back up. Now, I didn't weigh myself 
every single day. And I still don't think that's a good marker to use because there's all kinds of fluctuations in there. But, you know, when I weighed in the following week, weigh in one time a week and this, the numbers don't move, then you're like, okay, well, that worked. So what's the next thing? So, and then, and then this, what's going on in this whole time is that I'm reading about different, different ways of eat, eating and different understanding what's a complex carb, what's processed food, yada, yada, yada. So I distinctly remember reading a particular book and implementing some of those things into my diet. What was the book? Uh, Primal Blueprint by oh, yeah. Mark Sisson. Mm -hmm. Right, because I had read Paleo. Paleo was coming in mm -hmm. on the market, and I'm like, mm, this this still feels really kind of restrictive, but not, not in the part that, that I was restrictive. Mm -hmm. But I remember reading that book and implementing some of those things into my life. And, you know, he talks heavily about movement. So, you know, the movement was the easy part of that. And I re remember after I read that book and implementing that for, you know, a month or two and the scale never moved. It stayed, you know, it started creeping up a little bit. But then I had people saying, wow, you, you really look better and so on and so forth. And I remember just saying, man, I could eat like this the rest of my life. I didn't feel deprived. I felt like I could have some of the foods back that I had completely stripped out of my of my diet and I remember thinking this feels good I can live here and I can eat like I knew I couldn't live where I was but I remember thinking this is pretty good and the points were very simple for me to understand very the way that he presented it and I was like okay I got this now I think I can I, this is how I can live the rest of my life and maintain my weight and what did you start to, from a training standpoint, what did you, what did you do differently? From training? Mm -hmm. Oh my Lord. So the, well, number one, <laughs> I started training with you. So the way I trained before, literally, you were crippled walking out of the gym. Mm -hmm. And I remember for days after, and that's, that was one of the things that people couldn't stay doing that because you it was painful so sore that it was it was beyond you didn't even want to go back mm -hmm. um and then you know i you know i dabbled i straddled both of them because it still was the fact that i didn't want to give that up because it got me there so it gave you success. and then i had to i had to get faith in the other side that i was going to be able to stay there so um when i saw that you know you train the entire body if you don't break it out into pieces and make your legs hurt for five days and then your back hurts for five days. And um, so anyway, it got to feel, you know, I'm kind of testing those waters and I'm like, I kind of like this workout better than at least I'm not running to the door to try to get outside before I throw up, which I did all the time over there. And I wasn't, it didn't impact my, the rest of my life outside of the gym for two or three days afterwards. So that was where, and I would, you know, I had to get faith. Not that I didn't trust your training style, but it wasn't what got me there. So I had to, I had to see if it was going to keep me there. And so once I saw that, and once I thought it was just more livable and more, um, I don't want to say easier, but number one, I wasn't driving for an hour back and forth. Certainly. I came back, <laughs> drove home from work and went right up to the gym and got it done. And, you know, it was convenient and, and, um, it was extremely doable. So that's where I was like, okay, I don't, and the scales, you know, 
not going up. Like I thought I was going to wake up and be 100 pounds. <laughs> that was that. Was that. Heavier. It's all it, done for. It's all over. Mm. Now I got to start over again. But yeah, and it's and it just became a habit. It became easy to do, and it became automatic. And yeah, that way, that way makes it sustainable. Cool. Well, I'll back up and say I wouldn't say that it is my training style. By no means did I ever come up with any of those ideas. Well, I only so knew two. That's true. <laughs> um, certainly, I had my own adaptations over that time, but um, all of my ideas come from, they're, they're all stolen. I'll just say that much. Best okay. ideas are stolen, yeah. I truly believe. Nonetheless. Um, so, that last word you just said, uh, or one of the last words you just said, habits, leads us potentially into the next part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. So, over the course of, it sounds like, five years, you went through a journey, you lost 100 pounds in a year, maintained about that same weight for the next three, mm -hmm. then started to figure out that maybe this isn't the way I want to look or feel. Mm -hmm. and then, Or live. Or live. Mm -hmm. Sounds like probably mostly live. But... Um, and then started making some changes. It sounds like you tested things, mm -hmm. which I think is important. How long did you test things mm. when you tested them? So I would say, I don't know, maybe 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 it wasn't even six months. Mm -hmm. I think of it probably roughly around mm -hmm. in that that time frame, okay. about six months or so. Um, at least the, the exercise, because that was something I had no knowledge about mm -hmm. completely. I understood nutrition because of the, my medical background and having studied that. But I had no idea about exercise. So that, that was the component that I had to test mm -hmm. and make sure that, and the thing is, the common, the common denominator between the two was weightlifting. Mm -hmm. It was just a different style, style mm -hmm. of weightlifting. So that convinced in my head, well, this is the type of exercise that I need to and want to do for the rest of my life because that's what got me to where I was. So the exercise stayed, the exercise modality stayed mm -hmm. consistent. Mm -hmm. Style changed. Mm -hmm. uh, testing things over time, if they worked great, you kept them. If they didn't work, then you, you, you tried either something went else. back or tried something mm -hmm. different. Okay, again, I cannot say this enough, like the outlier mentality that is there, mm -hmm. your, your ability, which has always amazed me, your ability to do that, like go through that process, mm -hmm. is what I think most of us strive to do, but just don't give ourselves the ability to do it. Not that we need to go through that restrictive phase even in the beginning. Maybe if you would have learned a few things in the beginning, differently then you wouldn't have gone through that i don't know i don't you know hindsight is only what it is um so once you got to the other side of that and now that you have gone through another five or seven year journey of coaching people mm -hmm. in the context mm -hmm. how do you mingle all of this together like what does that look like to you now so i I can't, I remember after, during that, the years that I was, I read the book, it was after I had successfully maintained weight loss, had transitioned 
the exercise portion and had started to eat less restrictive, but knowing in my head I can't go back to what I did the years leading up to that. I read um, the book, The Power of Habit, and really good Charles book. Charles Duhigg, Duhigg, Duhigg yes, something like that. extremely mm-hmm. good book. And I don't even know how I, I don't know where I came across that. But I remember while I was reading that, I was like, yep, that's what I did. Oh, yeah, that's what I did. I didn't purposefully do that. You just went through the process life. of it. Mm-hmm. I went through that process of habit building, technically, building the habit of exercise into my life. So it just became what I did and it was automatic and I didn't have to motivate myself to go to the gym. It just became what I did. The fact that you know I didn't knowingly, purposefully cut sugar out of my diet, but by giving up a lot of the processed foods and eating whole real food, cuts that sugar out and then that just became what I did you know I tell you know members now you put in reps in the gym to get stronger you got to put reps in in your life to change your habits around the food and your behavior the behavior understanding what got you there what you're developing awareness around the foods that you're eating, what marketing does to you, because that you know he talks about all of that in the book. I never thought that people studied our buying habits and then play into that to get us to purchase those products again. So reading that book, I was kind of like, this is what I did, not knowing that that's what I did. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, then this is why this is easy. For me now it took the time and the struggles and the experimentation but it came down to what you just changing your behavior and your thoughts around food and understanding what food is really meant for so when you say behavior what do you mean so it's I mean all I need to do is eat veggies instead mm-hmm. of uh, whole food or not instead of whole food, but instead of processed food. Like, mm-hmm. So I just need to eat more par- or eat less carbs, or I just need to eat less fat. Like, mm-hmm. okay, is that my behavior, or what do you mean by behavior? So by behavior, I mean number one, you have to understand what got you to where you are. Um, you know, one of the things was I realized early on that I ate out of boredom and stress come home from a stressful day at work, you walk, walk right to the pantry and you grab the chips or you grab whatever stuff you have Easily in there. available. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you just start putting it in your mouth and you're not even aware. You don't even, it's just what you do. And it's, it's we create effective habits as well as ineffective habits. So what's your reaction or your response to stress? Or at night, I quickly realized that, you know, I snack in front of the TV because, you know, we sit down to relax. It's part of the stress, but then it's also boredom. And realizing that, okay, there's something happening that I want to eat after I have eaten food all day long, but I feel like I have to have something to eat at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. So, you know, one of the quick things that clicked in my head, and it was because every commercial on television was food-based. 
I began to notice that. So I'm like, I can't sit here because when I see visually that good food, then yeah, I'll just go to the pantry. I'm a little hungry. I'm going to grab some popcorn or whatever it is. I quickly realized, I'm like, okay, this TV is playing into my behavior around food. So I quit watching TV. I, I said, sleep never killed anybody. I'm just going to bed. And I would just get up eight o'clock at night and I tell family I'm going to bed, I go to my room, go to sleep. And the funny side of that was, the other side was, well, the quicker I go to sleep, the quicker morning comes and then I can't eat. But I can't eat right now. And then the other thing was keep your hands busy. So I took up, you know, an activity that kept my hands busy. It was thoughtless, it was relaxing, and it kind of got me to the same point that snacking and watching TV to relax got me. So that's where I'm like, this is about your behavior around food. And, you know, I talk a lot about cueing in the environment. So the environment of coming home and sitting down and watching TV, TV cued me to snack. So, you know, the cues stay the same, the reward stays the same because it de-stresses and relaxes you, but the behavior has to change. So what can you do? What behavior can you do that's gonna align you with the goal, which my goal was to maintain my weight loss. That behavior of snacking every night wasn't aligning with that goal. Very good. Um, I don't wanna stop, but I think we have to because I know old, old Taylor, she's young Taylor most definitely, down there, <laughs> um, is probably yelling and screaming about us okay. not being down on the floor. So, right. TJ, yes. thank you for telling me your story. Okay. Definitely appreciate you, appreciate all your effort. Well, thank appreciate you. the last 10 years. <laughs> it's been a struggle for you mostly, I'm sure, but. No, I haven't, I'm not easy to live with, so. Not that we live together, but <laughs> we're getting together almost every day, so. Fair all right. enough. All right. Good. Yeah, thanks, Jer. Thanks, TJ, appreciate you. I appreciate you.